Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, this is Dr. Stan back here at Radio Liberty, coming to you from the hills overlooking beautiful and picturesque Monterey Bay and, and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story, hoping to convince you that reality is usually scoffed at, the illusion is usually king. But in the battle for survival of Western civilization, it's going to be reality, not illusion or delusion that will determine what the future will bring. And I need to remind you of the views expressed here and not necessarily those of the owners, management, staff, sponsors, or supporters of the station you're listening to. They happen to be my views, and well, for the next hour, they're going to be the views of William Ramsey, who's written a fascinating book on the evilest man in the world, at least he was until he died in, I think, 1947, somewhere in there. A man named Aleister Crowley, a British intelligence agent, a Satanist, a man who was actually a member of the 33rd degree of organized masonry uh, until about, well, he was a member for some 12 years before he was invited to come into the next level up in the hierarchy of, of Satanism. And, of course, that was the Order of the Golden Dawn. But I'm going to let William explain this to you. He's done a wonderful story writing about William, uh, Alistair Crowley, and I think it's something everybody should understand because Crowley had a profound impact on the lives of many people in America and throughout the world. Good evening. How are you, William? Doing well, thank you. How did you get invested in Aleister Crowley, uh, the evilest man in the world, the beast? Uh, 666 is what he called himself. Well, I really do nothing about Aleister Crowley until about three years ago. I uh, was an armchair researcher into 9-11, and uh, I read almost everything I could. I saw about all the movies that I could. And during the time I was researching, I kept noticing these numbers that uh, stuck out at me. 11, 77, 93, they kept popping up through the event. Uh, September 11th happened on the 11th month of September. So I kept seeing these numbers, and uh, it led me back into researches into the occult. And uh, after reading uh, a lot of books, I focused basically back on Aleister Crowley. I realized that... uh, for me, 9-11 was an inside job. It was a staged event. It was not done by Muslim terrorists. And what I realized is that there are markers on the event, these numbers, 11, 77, 93, that, that uh, directly tie into Crowley's occult magical system and uh, ideology. Well, now, basically, what is the significance of 77 and, and 93? We know 11 because that was September 11th. How about, of course, where did the other numbers come in? Well, Crowley had... Uh, uh, he used numbers. He used the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah is uh, something that came out of Jewish mysticism, uh, and a part of the Kabbalah is the gematria, where words have numerical value. And in Crowley's system, he, he had a variety of different words. One was the lima, or the will. Uh, the other was agape. Well, in the Kabbalah, in the gematria, each of those words equal 93, as well as the name of the entity that he received his most important book, the Book of the Law, uh, the name of the entity is Iwas, and in the Hebrew gematria, uh, that name equals 93. So 93 was very important to Crowley and followers of Crowley. They actually communicate each other in shorthand by saying 93, which represents uh, do without will shall be the whole of the law, and love under law, love under will. So 93 is something that um, is very common to their usage. You can actually look, look it up on Wikipedia uh, under Crowley. Uh, has a fairly good explanation of that. 77 uh, on Crowley's system refers to uh, a variety of different things. Basically, it's 7 times 11, so it breaks down into 11. It also represents the name Oz, O-Z, and uh, the goat or the devil of the tarot. So you see this kind of contact. This, uh, contact. It also is half of a formulation of uh, uh, Crowley's system of Babylon. And uh, also in the Anton LaVey, who was another 
uh, chief Satanist of the 20th century. Uh, in his book, The Satanic Bible, there are 77 infernal names of the devil. So, Okay, hold that thought for just a minute. Of course, the Kabbalah was simply a codification of the ancient mystery religions, of the philosophies of the secret societies. It was carried forward to the first, uh, second century, and it, it, we had, where we had, of course, Gnosticism, which was Christian mysticism. So all of these mystical things are out there, certainly the Kabbalah, certainly the, the, uh, during the Jewish captivity, why, of course, the rabbis codified this, this, this ancient knowledge in the Kabbalah. We'll be back in just a moment. Go right ahead and pick up the story there, William. Well, just one more thing about 77 Crowley. Uh, he uh, systematized all his writings in his own magical uh, group called the AA, and he gave them all a number. They were based on Kabbalic meanings. One of the chief books that he used is a book called Lever 77, Lever is the Latin word for book, and in Lever 77, he basically has an intro where he says all men are gods, which is one of the chief, uh, you know, uh, doctrines of these kind of occultists. They actually think they're gods, and they live their lives like that, but um, Lever 77 basically is this kind of a codification of the, the Luciferian, in my opinion, the Luciferian notion of freedom, where you can do whatever you want. Uh, he says here, man has the right to love as he will, take your fill and love as you will, where and with whom he will, and then man has the right to kill those who would thwart these rights. So this very uh, evil, wicked sensibility about, uh, you know, your human action. He also repeats in this Lieber 77, the slave shall serve, which is uh, something that he uh, repeated frequently throughout all his writings. So 77 is a very important number, like 93, 11. Uh, goes back to the Golden Dawn. One of the uh, founders of the Golden Dawn said that it was a, a very important number for them in the sense that it represented evil, uh, degradation, and um, death. Let's see, the, the actual quote is that 11 is the essence of all that is sinful, harmful, and imperfect. It symbolizes destruction, violence, defeat, and death. So 11, 93, 77 are very important. 175. Like I stated earlier, it's basically uh, codified his ideas into these numerical books. Lever 77, there's another called Lever 175, which is a detailed ritual on how to uh, align yourself with a particular god through adoration. So it's an invocational uh, ritual. So you're invoking this god, and uh, in my opinion, it's used to invoke the devil. So uh, for me, all these numbers add up to and lead back to Crowley. And uh, I think we can see all the events that came out of 9-11 uh, were, I think, generally negative for humanity. Uh, we had unnecessary, in my opinion, unnecessary wars. Uh, we had a, a surveillance state, a police state. There was massive fear-based uh, mind control, in my opinion, that arise out of the event. And uh, uh, it created a, a system in our, in our government that we probably haven't seen uh, as common in the past, but this two-tiered system of uh, the rulers and the rules or the rulers and the slaves. I mean, I, I see a lot of this kind of uh, Crowley's notion of enslaving the masses uh, taking place over the last 10 years. So uh, that's basically the argument of my book. Hold that thought. We'll be back in just a moment here. Well, this is Dr. Stan. I guess is William Ramsey. He's written a book on Aleister Crowley, The Evilest Man in the World. And William, of course, became interested in this uh, as a result of the 9-11 attack. And he noticed certain numbers that seemed to have significance. 11, 77, and 93. Why are 77 and 93 important? Because there was Flight 93 and Flight 77. Well, of course, was this just coincidence, you know? Uh, did these just happen to be the numbers of the airplanes that crashed into other various buildings? You know, is, it, is there any way, of course, that this could have been... Uh, predetermined uh, that, uh, that this would happen, uh, and uh, suddenly the average person is going to say, it has to be just coincidence, it could not have been a part of a plan, and I would simply suggest uh, if you really want to see the hand behind what's going on, to read Tom uh, Horn's book, Apollyon Rising 2012, where actually he will take you to the sites, and you can see them on the internet. What happens if you certainly fold a $20 bill in one specific way, a $5 bill, a $20 bill, a $10 bill, a $50 bill. And you find out that at one point you see the Twin Towers standing, then you see the 
Twin Towers smoking, and then you see the Twin Towers raw gone. How could that be? I mean, certainly uh, the patterns on the $20 bill, the $10 bill, the $5 bill, or the $50 bill were, were planned long ago. How could that possibly? Well, is that just coincidence? But after all, when you begin looking into the supernatural, you realize that these things do not happen by coincidence. Uh, there is a the diabolical plan behind what's going on, uh, and it's planned long ahead of time by a supernatural force. Would you agree or disagree with that, William? I totally agree. Uh, I would not have agreed with you before I started re uh, reading and uh, about the occult, but as I've uh, learned a lot more. I have seen that there is a supernatural uh, force behind the events, and that uh, the the events were uh, demonic. Well, basically, ladies and gentlemen, you know, when you begin looking at this, where you say this just couldn't be true, I mean, uh, another dimension, uh, a supernatural intelligence that can plot things over centuries in advance, why, that just is absurd. Uh, and yet, of course, if you study this, why, you begin to understand this is not absurd at all. In fact, you see many of our modern-day television programs, whether it be the fringe, whether it be the event, they're all talking about the other dimension, the supernatural dimension, introducing you to these ideas. Well, I want to tell you that uh, this is not imaginary, it's real, and you want nothing to do with it at all, but you need to know it's there. Now, where does Aleister Crowley fit in? What did he do? What was his relationship to British intelligence? How did he influence what's going on in the world today? Well, as I read about Crowley, he was very uh, well-educated. He went to Cambridge. He uh, was a member of British intelligence. He was an asset most of his life uh, when he was in the United States during World War I. He worked for British intelligence and continued to feed intelligence to uh, the home country during his lifetime as he traveled. He was a, a well-traveled person. He circumnavigated the, the globe twice back in the late 19th century when travel was less uh, common as it is today. And uh, he spent time in all foreign countries. He lived in France, Germany, uh, Italy. Uh, and the United States. So he was very uh, astute as far as uh, linguistically and his familiarity and comfort of being in other countries. But uh, so that that uh, made him a perfect asset for intelligence. Well, he also was a voluminous writer. He considered himself a literateur, somebody who wrote a lot, and he intended for his writings to be read in the future. Uh, he said that he was going to try to. Uh, formulate a religion that would re basically replace Christianity and have it uh, throughout the world a hundred years after his passing. So, uh, you know, some people argue that that's actually happened to a certain extent. So uh, he actually has influenced many people uh, in the modern world. Uh, his uh, doctrines are commonly uh, indicated or hinted at through our mass media and our po political spectrum that a lot of people don't recognize. Uh, there are uh, lots of names that people would know, Charles Manson, L. Ron Hubbard, Timothy Leary, who were heavily influenced by Crowley. And uh, you saw kind of Crowleyanity or Crowley's ideas suffuse uh, the whole libertine era of the 60s and even into this part of the millennium with uh, people like J.K. Rowling, who have clearly incorporated some of his ideas and uh into her books and films, which are seen by millions, if not billions. So, because well, I think one of the most, uh, one of his most influential disciples was a man named Alfred Kinsey, the, the man who uh, led the sexual revolution. Who supposed science, you know, uh, found that the ten percent of the population was homosexual. Uh, that certainly most married couples were having extramarital affairs. Uh, that certainly uh, pedophilia was perfectly all right. You know, the only problem with it was we made such a big child uh, deal out of it. We made the child feel guilty somehow that they'd done something wrong of being engaged in in in, in, uh, in pedophilia, uh, and basically. Kinsey set out to change the laws of our country to decriminalize uh, so many of the uh, violent laws that we had and uh, certainly rape is really not such a bad thing after all you know and yeah, certainly there's what's wrong with having affairs with uh, with juveniles Alfred Kinsey was a disciple of Al Aleister Crowley and he wanted to destroy the moral fabric of our society because he was funded by the Rockefeller Foundation that fact has been carefully suppressed through the years if you doubt that we 
we carry a book called Foundations, Their Power and Influence Going Into the Congressional Investigation in 1954 that's found the Rockefeller Foundation was funding Kinsey and everything was been done through the years to suppress that information. We can't let the American people know who's really behind this effort to destroy the moral fabric of our society. And of course, one of, uh, uh, one of uh, Crowley's uh, most famous disciples was Alfred Kinsey. Did you run into that in your studies, William? Absolutely. I uh, came across Kinsey. Kinsey was a uh, uh, an admirer of Crowley. He tried to collect a lot of Crowley's uh, uh, more lurid works. Uh, Kinsey was bisexual, just like Crowley, and uh, really pansexual, I guess, something beyond. They, they, uh, Crowley, uh, they're pretty. Crowley was a very sick and perverse person, much like Kinsey. And I'll just leave it at that. But Kinsey actually traveled to Crowley's magical uh, Abbey of Thelema that was located in Sicily. Uh, he went there to kind of see what uh, Crowley's lifestyle was all about. Uh, Crowley started this kind of abbey, which was a magical workshop in the early 20s, 1920s. And uh, there's actually a picture that's uh, still extant of Kinsey in the abbey with uh, one of his associates, who a person by the name of Kenneth Anger, who was also a fo- uh, follower of Crowley. And uh, Kenneth Anger is still alive today. He just had a showing at the Hammer Museum in Los Angeles. And uh, so there you have this direct connection from, you know, uh, Crowley to Kinsey to Anger. And, uh, in fact, we, can't, we have a book. It's called Kinsey, Crime, and Consequences. Kinsey, Crime, and Consequences by Joseph Reisman. We carry that in our uh, for our listeners. And uh, basically in that you'll see the picture of, of Alfred Kinsey uh, almost in adoration at the uh, at the Abbey of Thelema in Sicily where Aleister Crowley, of course, was, many people believe, he was carrying out human sacrifices there. In fact, isn't that the reason that uh, the, um, Mussolini had him evicted from Italy? He, he was even too vile and horrible for Mussolini? That's correct. He was kicked out of uh, Italy permanently uh, in 1924. The allegation was that there was human sacrifice. There are actually allegations in a lawsuit that occurred in 1936. Somebody uh, alleged that a baby disappeared at Aleister Crowley's uh, Abbey, and uh, there was a lawsuit. So there were all these rumors. I could never find actual evidence of it, but Crowley has written about babies or child sacrifice in his uh his writings, Lever 66 and uh, The World's Tragedy. But, uh, yes, he was kicked out of Italy. Eventually he was kicked out of France as well, never to return to either country. In fact, he basically said the greatest amount of power came from a child or infant sacrifice, didn't he? Yes, he did. He actually had the kind of magical notion that living beings contain energy and uh, uh, the highest form of sacrifice is a young child of perfect innocence. And uh, so he did have that in his writings. And he did share the same kind of uh, the same kind of notions of you know this uh, this kind of magical notion of sacrifice. He recorded there are records of him sacrificing cats, uh, uh, rams or goats, and uh, doves. So we know that he sacrificed animals, and he admitted to that. But as far as human sacrifice, unfortunately, I've only been able to uh, find rumors, no no facts. Basically, as far as Crowley was concerned, now he was recruited into the Golden Dawn, but then didn't he create his own uh, organization, the OTO? That's correct. He was uh, he was a member of the Golden Dawn. The Golden Dawn was a, a cult uh, community that was back in the late 19th century. It was considered to be called Irregular Masons. It was it was founded by a 33rd degree Mason. So uh, basically, when you got up to the top of the Masonic structure, then you could enter the uh, Golden Dawn. And after he passed through the Golden Dawn, because he was a person of wealth, they say estimated that his inherited wealth in the late 19th century was $20 million, according to today's terms. Because he was able to uh, not have to work, he passed through the grades of the Golden Dawn very rapidly. He then started his own magical uh, fraternity called the AA, or uh, Astrum Argentum, which basically means the silver star or the moon, references the moon. And then he became a member of the OTO, and OTO was a German uh, extra-Masonic group that came to him. They had come to occult conclusions, and uh, through their research, both Crowley and the OTO came to uh, recognize certain occult truths, I guess, and uh, they recruited Crowley into the OTO. He became uh, a very uh, important member of the OTO, eventually running the OTO from roughly around 1925 to his passing in 1947. 
All right, fine. And certainly, basically, uh, he were tapping into the supernatural realm to obtain power. Did he obtain power by doing this? Uh, he said he obtained power. There were times that he was always doing rituals and uh, lots of bloodlet that involved bloodletting and sacrifice. He uh, witnessed demons or spirits. And, uh, you know, he said that after some rituals, he would be able to write for 72 hours straight. So I, I do believe he was receiving intelligence and uh, supernatural power from his ritual practice. And basically what he was doing was then channeling his, his uh, books and his writings, just exactly as uh, Helena Petrovna Blavatsky did, and Alice Bailey, uh, uh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, who uh, ran for, co- for president back in 84, a Democratic uh, ticket, you know, she lost in the primary, but uh, she channeled a book called The Revelation, the Book of Co-Creation, all about killing Christians. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Well, why don't you go ahead, William? Certainly, what have you learned from your book? I mean, what is your final analysis of Aleister Crowley after all the work you've done? Well, I would say Aleister Crowley is an extremely evil person. I think that uh, what he wrote about was very dangerous. I just have uh, written out, and even in my intro to the book, I basically tried to prove three simple uh, premises from the from the book, which is Crowley was extremely evil. He was in contact with evil spirits, and he influenced the 9-11 event and the emergent New World Order. So I, I see him influencing the 9-11 event because of these numerical markers that uh, occurred throughout the event. All the plane flight numbers were uh, uh, important, as well as the building of the World Trade Center. Strangely, it is a big 11 on the skyline. It also is 110 stories, which is an 11. The, the, flight, the flights of the planes actually hit uh, the 93rd floor was Flight 11, and Flight 75 hit almost exactly at the 77th floor. So there's even strange numerical markers uh, through that that actual time, uh, actual the date of the September 11th. So uh, I find that, uh, and Crowley even himself, he was he wanted to be the right hand man of Satan, and I think that he achieved that goal. He even uh, going back to what you were talking about about uh, the plan or a, a dark malevolent spirit spirit influencing per, uh, human events. He says, I err in interpretation, of course, but it's impossible to doubt that there's somebody there, somebody capable of combining events as Napoleon forms his plans of campaign and possessed of powers unthinkably vast. So these are direct quotes out of his uh, his writings where he even states it. And uh, the entity AWAS that dictated to him the book of the law, well, that was a kind of a blind to cover. The entity AWAS is the devil. So he believed that he was in contact with Lucifer, the Fallen One, and the Great Dragon, and, and that's how he inspired uh, his works. And like you were saying about channeling books, he did channel. Curly was extremely perverse. Everything was inverted almost. So when he called something holy, it meant unholy. So he, is, he, he had these books that he called his holy books that he said were directly received from the devil uh, during the years 1907 to 1911. So... Uh, you see that this is really one of the prime devil worshippers of human history and uh, in recorded human history. And, uh, you know, he's very dangerous and his followers are dangerous as well. Well, because one of my most interesting observations is that he ended up in a place called Loch Ness in Switzerland, I mean, in Scotland, which is the home of the uh, supernatural or some sort of a supernatural uh, a structure, the so-called Loch Ness Monster. Uh, Sydney, there have been lots of pictures of it, lots of people see the, uh, claim they've seen it, and yet uh, it's never been able to be really uh, tracked or verified. Why would uh, uh, Sydney uh, Alistair Crowley have picked Loch Ness of all the places in the world? for his permanent home. Well, what he wanted to do, he was trying to do magical workings or magical rituals, and he needed a place uh, to be kind of uh, alone and unhampered or unbothered. He found that place at the very northern part of Scotland in Loch Ness, or uh, he called it Bullis. The place was the Manor of Bulliskin, but it was on the Loch Ness uh, uh, Lake. 
and uh, he basically was trying to do a, uh, a ritual that would take six months. And at the end of that ritual, he uh, would supposedly have power over uh, the four great princes of evil in the world. So uh, that was really his goal. He said that uh, upon you know working on that ritual, that uh, he saw demons uh, that uh, you know basically walked around the, the manor and. It actually drove a lot of his uh, workers and residents insane. They, they stopped. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. Well, this is Dr. Stan. William Ramsey is telling us about uh, about Chris Alistair Crowley. And Chris Alistair Crowley, the evilest man in the world, certainly uh, the man who led the world's satanic movement in the year's first half of the 20th century, had died in 1947. And Alistair Crowley, uh, of course, uh, Used terms of, of numbers, the 7793. Well, it was Flight 93 that went down, certainly over uh, uh, Shanksville in Pennsylvania. Was it Flight 77 that hit the uh, the Pentagon? What was that? Correct. Yeah, that was supposedly the the plane that hit the Pentagon was Flight 77, and then the two planes that hit the Twin Towers were Flight 11 and Flight 175. In fact, basically, after if you read my newsletter uh, on the uh, on that uh, what happened that day, Flight 11 hit the North Tower, and then it kept sending out messages as it flew south to uh, Washington D.C. How could it hit the North Tower and fly uh, then on to Washington D.C.? And yet, of course, the article in Vanity Fair uh, says that this is the message that the people at at, at the FCC, at the F, uh, uh, the Federal Communication, were getting. Uh, this is the information. Everything was done to confuse them. How could the plane hit the North Tower, Flight 11, and then fly on? And read my newsletters on this. And we we simply quote from the uh, the text of uh, of uh, the Vanity Fair magazine, which the article in Vanity Fair, which is actually uh, was taken from the uh, FCC logs of uh, the, uh, the federal, not FCC, but uh, federal F- FAA FAA logs of that day. A lot of strange things going on, but of course, as I pointed out, Alistair Crowley actually bought a home on Loch Ness, where the mysterious Loch Ness monster lives. And then oh, one of the people from a demonic band actually bought uh, bought the property when Crowley sold it. Who was it who bought uh, Crowley's home there on Loch Ness? Yeah, the person's name is James Page or Jimmy Page. He was the guitar player for the rock band Led Zeppelin. He, uh, and they were deeply involved in Satanism, weren't they? Absolutely. Very involved. Uh, he is a member of the OTO. He owned an occult bookshop in London called the Equinox, which uh, is the same name that Crowley used for his occult encyclopedia. Uh, he also uh, published his own personal edition of the Goetia, which is a book that was important to Crowley. And uh, he is a collector of all of Crowley's books, and he also purchased the Bulliskin Manor up in uh, Loch Ness and owned it for two decades. All right, well, our telephone number is one triple eight two four liberty one triple eight two four liberty or four six four eight two nine five. If if you have a question for William, uh, certainly he's now certainly has written a book on Crowley and compiled a great deal of information, things I've always wanted to do but never had a chance to. And fortunately, he has the book now. Has the book actually been published, or is it just available on the internet? Uh, it's 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 self-published. Uh, I can send you a PDF copy. I also my website's www.occult911.com. I can send out a soft copy or a PDF. I also have uh, completed a documentary about Crowley. It's a 90-minute documentary for people who would much rather watch something. While I was researching Crowley, I collected a voluminous amount of pictorial evidence and uh, newspaper clippings, etc. So I put them together in a. Uh, a version of, you know, basically a documentary. I also just completed a documentary on Crowley's references in the films and movies of uh, the last 50 years. You can see uh, it's 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 amazing to see these references to the numbers 93, 77, and 11 in movies that, uh, uh, you know, I've seen in my past but didn't know anything about. So, you know, it's uh, there are references to 93 and all these movies that are fairly commonly known. Uh, through directors who clearly are initiates into the mystery school. So uh, that's, I just finished that documentary, and you can uh, I actually have, have uh, some, some trailers up on my website in the next couple of days for people who are interested in that. 
Well, I think they'd both be fascinating to watch. I'll certainly want to get hold of them. Basically, uh, they uh, they also use very frequently in films 666. That's another number that, uh, in fact, Crowley even uh, called himself 666, didn't he? The beast? Correct. He called himself the Great Beast 666. So 666 is fairly commonly used in films as well. Uh, and uh, you can see the 666 reference in, for example, Oliver Stone's movie uh, Natural Born Killers. And 77 are right there at the very beginning of his films. And that is a very, very evil movie as well. So. And because they know exactly what they're doing, except the people who watch the movies don't understand the significance of the numerology that's used to be utilized in them. And basically, there are people who are definitely giving themselves over to the dark side. They understand all of these things. They hide their emblems in plain sight on the back of the dollar bill, the pyramid cap by the pyramid and the all-seeing eye. That is a, a, basically the, the triangle with the all-seeing eye of the glorified eye is an emblem of the ancient mystery religions. It's been around going back to the time of Nimrod, back 4,200 years. And so many of these emblems have been around for, for thousands of years. We see them every day. And we don't recognize them, but they recognize them, and they laugh at how foolish they are. They find, hide their emblems in plain sight. Go to my oh, website, RadioLiberty.com. You'll see so many of their emblems. Dr. Stan back here, I guess, is William Ramsey, and, and certainly, William, of course, from my point of view, I think your work is very important. What sort of reception have you gotten from it? Well, it's interesting. I've, uh, I've been on a number of shows. It's, uh, some people are more receptive to the information than others. I think people with a Christian background can test and, and come to conclusions and see uh, supernatural uh, influences on on human events, so it's easier for them to digest and understand. Uh, some people do not really willfully or want to acknowledge uh, evil or uh, spiritual evil, so it's more difficult for them to see uh, see these these things in uh, that I've put in my book. And uh, you know, I've uh, I've come in contact with a lot of followers of Crowley who seem to really. Uh, or uh, be offended by my statements, and uh, you know they they besmirch my works, and uh, you know it's, it's it's kind of interesting to see the gamut or the the wide range of responses to to the information that I've presented. Well, are there quite a few followers of Crowley that you come across? Yeah, more than I thought. I mean, I've had a lot of people go to my websites and send me uh, send me emails, and you know, basically they say that. Crowley was a liberator. I mean, the classic kind of Crowley. Crowley was a liberator from Victorian Christian society. He was trying to limit, liberate the human spirit. Uh, for me, uh, you know, he was basically putting people in bondage to great sins and evil. And uh, so there are people out there who identify with Crowley and uh, are very sympathetic to his message. And so, I think that's so hard for the average person to understand is that this is not isolated crackpots. This is a great movement. It exists and it's growing in size. And what people do not understand is that many of the key people of modern times have been affiliated with, with the Luciferian movement. We'll be back here in just a moment with William Ramsey. Well, this is Dr. Stan. Our guest is uh, William Ramsey. He's written a book about Aleister Crowley. Uh, William, I want you to tell our listeners how they can get your website, how they can get those great DVDs that you put together. 
Uh, the uh, website is www.occult911.com, and uh, you can get my book. I can send it to you by PDF. I'll probably have it published in a uh, standard book format next year. And uh, then I also finished two documentaries. I think uh, the first one is really a documentary on Crowley. The second one is Crowley and the general occult mystery religion influence in modern films, uh, films that we've all probably seen and know, like Dr. Strangelove, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, works by Kubrick, Stone, uh, Roman Polanski, things that uh, you know have been in front of our face for, or at least for me, that I've seen and didn't understand, and uh, I think that people will find it very eye-opening and interesting. Well, of course, Kubrick uh, put out the film Eyes Wide Shut, which is the satanic movement. If you, anybody's seen the movie, it's, it's got Tom Hanks, and it shows us the meetings where, of course, all of these world leaders there with their black robes and their candles. looks very much like the Bohemian Grove meetings, but Stanley Kubrick's movie uh, was not even released, and he suddenly dies under mysterious circumstances. Sometimes you let too much information out. Yeah, and it's definitely, if you look back through his earlier movies, he clearly had uh, a deep understanding of the mystery religions. In one of his movies, Dr. Strangelove, he mentions 93. So he's putting out hints. So he clearly was an insider, in my opinion. And that movie, uh, they put it out after uh, it was actually re-edited many times. So it wasn't the original film that Kubrick wanted to put out. And the references, even with what's left, the, the references to masonry, high Masonic tradition, and mystery religions are still there. And, uh, you know, there's the repeated references to the rainbow. There's actually 11 consorts in this kind of magical ritual that takes place uh, at an elite manner. And, uh, you know, there's on, on the guy sitting on a throne with the double-headed uh, eagle of masonry, 33rd-degree masonry. So... Uh, the 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 occult understanding was very deep, at least in what's left to us now. And uh, Kubrick passed away from a heart attack. His wife said he was in excellent health, but he passed away, I think, four or five days after submitting the film to his movie studio. I think of that story. So definitely a suspicious uh, passing. All right, well, our telephone number is one triple eight two four Liberty. One triple eight two four Liberty. Our guest, of course, is. Is uh, uh, William uh, Ramsey. We're talking about his book on Aleister Crowley. And basically, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand that Crowley was in British intelligence. And of course, the, the cult has been there for a long time. If you've seen the DVD we carry, uh, The Secret Mystery of America's Beginning, The Secret Mystery of America's Beginning, it tells the story of a man named John Dee, who was deeply involved in the occult. And he was actually involved in British intelligence during the Elizabethan times. You're talking about the early 1600s, before, of course, Queen Elizabeth died. And John Dee's number, he had a number as a British intelligence agent. It was 007. And actually, of course, that's why, why, of course, if Ian Fleming used a, a James Bond, 007, you know. And I understand all of these things fit together. But you're never to understand. Well, our telephone number one triple eight two four Liberty or four six four eight two nine five. And hi, Joe. Are you listening to us on the internet? You've worked hard for what you have: your money, your assets, your four hundred one k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to three million dollars in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Yes, I am, sir. Good. Uh, uh, do you have a question or comment for our guest? Well, I'd like to ask uh, your guest. I, I didn't get your name. I'm sorry about that. His name is William Ramsey. Okay. And, what, and William, one more time, your website? Uh, www.occult911.com. Occult911.com. Okay, go ahead, Joe. Okay, William, I'd like to know whether uh, you are aware of the um, symbolic meanings uh, and the spiritual significance of numbers in the Bible? Well, some. I mean, I think that numbers are commonly used in uh, the Gospels or the New Testament. I think, you know, there's 12 disciples. 12 was uh, the number of the 12 tribes, so I think 12 was a uh, important number for, you know, followers of Almighty God. So, you know, I think that numbers are there. As far as the coded numbers, I, 
I'm not familiar with Bible. No, codes, no, I'm, no. Yes, I, I understand that there are <laughs> there has been a book, uh, the codes of the Bible. But for instance, like um, uh, the number four is like the four points of the compass, meaning to, to all ends of the earth. Well, I think Joe, Joe, but the thing is that William is, is writing about Crowley and his use of numbers. Yes, uh, the occult is to have a mirror image of everything in the Bible, as we have a Trinity in the Bible: Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So they have an unholy Trinity: Satan. The, uh, Lucifer, Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. So basically, uh, the Bible uses numbers, uh, and the occultists use numbers. Okay, is there any point you'd like to make? Well, yeah, that's basically my point. Is that uh, not only are there satanic uh, significance to numbers, but there are also godly significance mm -hmm. to numbers. The true, the true significance, which I is agree. God. You're I absolutely right. It. You're absolutely right, Joe. As they and, say, and I just like to say just one more thing. Yep. For instance, like the number eight, that's a whole new beginning because when Noah's ark landed upon the earth after the flood, there were eight souls that started a whole new world. Okay, God bless, sure. and thanks very much. I think your okay. point's well made. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to Lima, Lena, who's calling from Flint, Michigan. Again, our telephone number, one triple eight two four liberty one triple eight two four liberty or 464-8295. And it's, it's awfully late back there in Flint, Lena. It's good to have you with us. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, thanks, Dr. Stan, for taking my call. For As um, I had a question as it relates to, during your research, did you come across some of you mentioned the movies, but what about some of the music artists? And the reason why I ask that question is um, there's a guy, um, G. Craig Lewis, that has DX Ministries, and he talks a lot about um, the cultic as it relates to music artists, like with Beyonce, Jay-Z, those type of artists. And he mentioned a lot in reference to Michael Jackson and how he was a follower of Aleister Crowley. So that's um, the reason why I ask that question. The point is well made, Lena. Oh, William, what did you yeah, find out about the relationship between music and Satanism? Very much. Uh, and I've actually, in my documentary, I mentioned Beyonce and Jay-Z. I have a picture of Jay-Z, uh, who is a common or very well-known music producer and performer, a hip-hop producer and performer, who is wearing a shirt that says, Do What Thou Wilt. That was uh, Crowley's statement for the age, was Do What Thou Wilt shall be the whole of the law. So you have Jay-Z with this uh, direct correlation or connection to Crowley on his shirt. He also frequently makes signs of the eye and the triangle. He holds his hands up, makes a triangle, which is a representation of the Kabbalah, with the eye inside is this eye of Lucifer. Uh, he, uh, in some of his lyrics, he says you won't, uh, I can't remember it uh, verbatim, but he says you won't uh, fully live until you leave the church. So he says uh, straight-up anti-Christian statements. He also... Uh, makes uh, Masonic signs, which are like the sign of the, uh, of the uh, basically he crosses his arms in ways that are highly Masonic. I have a reference that he and his, uh, fiance is his wife, but when they were his girlfriend, I think when she turned 23, she had a party at a bar in Hollywood that was titled 11. The name of the bar is 11. So here's that magical number coming up again, and they definitely uh, have some interesting occult a connection. So yes, I, I do talk a little bit about the music. I could probably do a whole nother show or a whole nother movie just on the musicians. Uh, there is a very, very good uh, documentary about the uh, rock and roll and its influence. Uh, I can't remember the exact title. I think they you know, sold their souls for rock and roll. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's an, a terrific. We, we, we carry that, Lena. It's a, it's three-hour, four-hour, or a ten-hour version of it, put out by our good friend Joe Schimmel. Excellent material. We recommend it. That's they sold their souls for rock and roll. But you're absolutely right. Basically, uh, you know, we see this this people making an agreement with the devil, and, and basically we we can document it very very clearly uh, in music, but it's also in politics. And many of our politicians have made a deal with the devil. I'm sure. And Chris, if you look Look at the emblem of the Trilateral Commission, their logo. It's, it's a circle with three curved uh, arrows, and you can almost imagine that there are three sixes there, but there's no question that the three arrows that join together by an upside-down broken cross. And here is where the most powerful men in the world meet together to plan on bringing in the New World Order, which has always been the plan uh, of the ancient mystery religions, the secret society, and the Luciferians. Anything else, Lena? No, you just... um. You blessed me 
um, listening to your broadcast. Um, every time I tune in, I always learn something more, and I'm definitely praying for you and your ministry. Thank you so much. And we never covered your prayers, Leah. God bless, and thank you so much. Okay, uh-huh. fine. Well, let's go to Greg, who's also calling us from Flint, Flint Michigan. Again, our number, one triple eight two four liberty or 464-8295. And for those of you who don't know, it's after midnight back there in, in Flint, but we do have a lot of loyal listeners. Hi, Greg. Do you have a question or comment? Yes, sir. Uh, I'd like to ask Mr. Ramsey a question about uh, the Beatles. Okay. Um, I know in the Sgt. Pepper's uh, album cover, there's a in that montage of uh, faces. One of them is Aleister Crowley, and I was wondering uh, which one of the Beatles would do you think would be responsible for? Uh, well, uh, from my understanding of the, the the Beatles, it was John Lennon who was always kind of in the occult. He, his wife uh, actually basically came out and said she was a witch. They were known to frequently go to an occult bookstore in uh, in New York, and you know a lot of his works, like the 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 popularly listened to musical song uh, titled "Imagine," is actually kind of a third way New World Order. Uh, you know, strange uh, hope for a future world. Uh, so there, he was very familiar with the occult, and uh, uh, that's that's basically. I mean, Sergeant Pepper. Apparently, that album was written or produced on 1967, which is 20 years from the death of Crowley in 1947. And uh, the first song on the intro it says, "20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper taught the band to play." So uh, there is an apocryphal tale that Sergeant Pepper is Crowley. And uh, so uh, that's basically what I know the Beatles. There are other references to occult materials throughout their works, through the White Album, through some of the pictures. Uh, and uh, that's about as far as my research has gone. I don't really, I, I was, when I wrote my original book, I was actually had a lot of other pieces for the, the followers of Crowley, but I just tried to concentrate on Crowley. I took that stuff out, and uh, in the spring of next year, I'll have another book finished. It'll be titled the magical children of the beast, and all the people who have been influenced by Crowley. But, you know, Greg, so many of the people, the leaders of modern-day music, have died of very, very young ages under very strange circumstances. Here, John Lennon is assassinated by a young man, and I'm sure he probably to this day doesn't know why he killed John Lennon. He just killed him. I mean, here we see uh, suddenly, uh, uh, you know, Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jackson was the disciple of Crowley's, dying under uh, tragic circumstances, taking an overdose of sleeping medication uh, from a doctor who was, should, uh, was not paying any attention to what happened. Uh, suddenly we see Elvis Presley dying. We see so many of the people uh, who've been affiliated with this, certainly um, actually uh, dying at a very young age. That DVD we mentioned earlier, if you haven't seen it, uh, they sold their souls for rock and roll the three-hour, yeah, the four-hour, the ten-hour version is well worthwhile, worth, well worthwhile getting. I've got the four-hour uh, version. I bet I've watched it 50 times. Okay, fine. You may want to get the ten-hour one, but the four-hour one's awfully good. Anyway, God bless. Anything else you wanted to ask? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, ask Mr. Ramsey if, uh, did he just say that uh, John Lennon's wife was, in, was a witch? Yes, she actually, there's actually an album that says that with her, t- the title I think is I Am a Witch. That's would that have been Yoko Ono? Or Yoko Ono, Ono that's yeah. correct. Okay. Yoko Ono. Yeah, and so. Incidentally, she has uh, actually, and you read my, uh, my treatise on the planned population reduction, oh, Yoko Ono talks about the Georgia Guidestones and how they are to be a symbol of, uh, of you know, the, what lies ahead for the world. Of course, they're talking about uh, the murder of over 90% of the world's population, but she was a great supporter of, of the Georgia Guidestones, which most people have never heard of. But she was deeply involved in the occult. I suspect John was as well. Anything else, Greg? No, that'll do it. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, you can look it up on the Internet. She has an album called Oh No, Yes, I'm a Witch. That's the title. Yes, I'm a Witch. Oh. Okay, thank you, sir. God bless. And again, our telephone number is one triple eight two four liberty one triple eight two four liberty or four six four eight two nine five it's it's very very disconcerting for a lot of people to think that so many of these people we uh, who are very very famous and very rich and very wealthy and constantly applauded by the controlled media are deeply involved in the occult but the reason that they are rich and they are applauded by the media is because they are involved in the occult 
and they are getting the notoriety and the fame uh, that is promised to those who make a pact with the devil. But, of course, we, at a very young age, many of these people have uh, have uh, had to uh, pay their obligation. And believe me, this is something people must understand. This is nothing to trifle with. Uh, you need to understand it's there. You need to understand the spiritual element of what's going on today. But you must also know that no matter what the cost, you must never uh, tap into this other dimension and gain the power that's there because there is power, uh, there is fame, there is fortune, uh, there is wealth, there's sex, there's drugs. But it comes at a terrible, terrible price. Go right ahead, William. Well, I totally agree. Uh, If you look through Crowley's life, he was definitely a hardcore Satan worshiper, but the wreckage that he left uh, behind him is incredible. The people who followed him, uh, many of them went insane. Uh, a lot of them committed suicide. They uh, had wrecked lives. He left uh, one of his uh, paramours to a life of sordid prostitution in the streets of Paris. Uh, even Crowley himself was a heroin addict, and uh, you know he was basically a uh, wanderer on the earth. He was kicked out of so many countries, and he said his whole life he was constantly surveilled. So these are. You know, to make that decision to follow the dark side is uh, a very unfortunate one, and uh, it just leads to ruin and death and degradation and madness. There's a constant theme of madness through Crowley's life. Uh, He even questioned his own sanity. So uh, I definitely do not recommend, uh, you know, following that path. It's an evil path, and you really want to resist uh, all those temptations. But it's, uh, there's so many very wealthy people who are involved in this. One of them is a woman named Barbara Mox Hubbard, who wrote a book called The Revelation, the book of co-creation, which she readily admits was channeled to her from something called the Christ Spirit. And in the original text of this, why, of course, she talks about, because it's a rewrite of the book of, Re- of, the, of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. And she, she talks about there the fact that there are certainly, of you know, the quarter of the world's population, are going to be capable of evolving to a higher level. Half the population will simply go along. A quarter of the population will resist evolving to a higher level. And, of course, they were going to have to be eliminated. Uh, Then she goes on to say, that is not your job, my dear. That is ours, for we are the riders of the pale horse death. And she's looking, of course, at the Revelation 6-8. If you haven't read it, read Revelation 6-8. And here... Barbara Marx Hubbard, one of the wealthiest women in the world, the leader of the New Age movement, says, talks about people like you and I, those who will not evolve to this higher state of consciousness in the occult, how we're going to have to be eliminated. But that is not your job. That is ours, my dear. For we are the writers of the Pale Horse Death. We have the papers, pages for original manuscript. When it was ultimately published, I was published under the auspices of the Lawrence Rockefeller Endowment for the Humanities. They, they deleted that section. We have the other pages if you ever want to read them. We'll be back in just a moment to wrap up tonight's program with William Ramsey here at Radio Liberty. Well, William, we have three minutes to wrap up the program. What are the thoughts you'd like to leave? What have you learned from your study of Aleister Crowley? Well, I think that there is a active undercurrent, or it's actually becoming more prevalent or perceptible of uh, demonic influences and world events, and I think people need to uh, recognize them, see the, the markers of occult activity, and uh, you know, uh, be aware of that and uh, protect themselves. I think that the best way to go on a spiritual level is to uh, become closer to God and... Uh, read the Gospels and follow it, and, uh, you know, I think that there is spiritual warfare taking place right now on on the earth, and people uh, need to see what's important uh, in this battle war, and that is, you know, faith and perseverance. So I think, uh, you know, that's something everybody needs to kind of rededicate their lives towards. You know, one reason I do what I do, and uh, it is because certainly it's this recognition of the fact that there is the evil in the world that brought me into a personal relationship with our Lord. And if we can, perhaps by some of the programs we put on, 
touching on issues such as the one you've raised, if we can make people aware of the fact that there is a supernatural dimension, there is another dimension. We see manifestations of it all the time, whether it be uh, the crop circles, whether it be the uh, the so-called UFOs, the alien abductions, which are not imaginary. Uh, these people all tell the same story. And then, of course, uh, there is certainly the Ouija board. You can actually get a Ouija board. You can contact the other dimension, but do not do this, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I mean, there are fortune tellers that really are able to tell fortunes. Other mediums that actually can tap into the other dimension. Other water witches, uh, diviners who can uh, find water. But you, we are told, we are instructed by our Lord to avoid these things like the plague. We need to understand this is out there. But we must avoid it, and if what you've done, William, and what I do, have even brought one person into a personal relationship with the Lord, then our work has been worthwhile. We're Amen called to, to do our best. Amen to that. Yeah. Okay, parting thought before we let you go. Uh, thank you for having me on your show, and uh, I hope to have another book that I think people will find interesting that will uh, kind of be where Crowley left off in 47 and uh, moves up into our present day. And uh, be on the lookout for that. And uh, well, I hope you'll get these things actually, you know, into soft cover, you know, through the self-publishing, and you'll make a little money. But more than that, people want that book so they can read it and reread it several times. Yeah, and you can get it also on Kindle. So you, there's a there is an e uh, e copy of that out there. And uh, we're out of time. God bless. Thanks very much, William. It's okay, been a pleasure. Bye bye. Well, this is Dr. Stan, and we do hope you enjoyed, if you can enjoy a program like this, talking about the evilest man in the world. What was his motto? Do what thou wilt. That is the whole of the law. What are we teaching our children in school today? Uh, you do what you want to. You are the determinant of what's right and wrong. That's why they took God and prayer and the Bible and the Ten Commandments out of our schools. Why? So our children would be indoctrinated in this idea. You determine what's right and wrong. You have to be mature and make good decisions. Ladies and gentlemen, young people cannot make good decisions. We do not make good decisions unless we have a source of reference, of the concept of right and wrong. And that's what the Bible is all about. And that's what God's teaching is all about. And that's why they had to remove it from the school. They had to discredit the, the, the Bible by teaching evolution, but not to even allow when he mentioned the fact that God created the heavens and the earth. And the longer I live, the more convinced I am of this fact. As Benjamin Franklin said, that God affairs rules in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall without his knowledge, can a great empire be raised without his blessing? Well, of course, Benjamin Franklin was deeply involved in the occult. He understood the Bible. But he repudiated it, and he wanted to create a great empire. America was to create a great empire. And 200 years later, why his descendants, the people who are involved in the same mystery religions and secret societies, are working to bring about a one-world government, a one-world religion, and install the one-world leader, which has always been the plan of the ancient mystery religions. People can quote the Bible, but it doesn't mean that they have a relationship with with our Lord Jesus Christ. So we hope if you certainly uh, have never uh, explored the promises of the Bible, you get the, the Bible, the Gospel of John, and simply read it uh, and understand what Christ said about who he was and why he came to earth and your obligation to follow him. For I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except through me. That seems to be a pretty strong statement. Some people like Thomas Jefferson could read that, but Thomas Jefferson, as brilliant as he was, relied upon his own reason, and he could not believe in the supernatural. And as a result, of course, he died, and uh, certainly died a sinful man. All of us are sinful, uh, but the only hope we have is the, the promise that's been made to us that for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth upon him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And God, Christ came to the earth to die for not the sins of mankind, but for my sin and your sin. And if you have a personal relationship with him, why your life will be transformed forever. And so certainly we hope that you will certainly get out the Gospel of John and read it, understand the claims that Jesus made. And of course, 
One man has transformed uh, the entire world. Christianity has transformed the world. It was based upon the Christian concepts that this great nation was formed, not as a Christian nation, but as a nation where men could be free and where men would be ruled by God's rule. For as John Adams had said, um, our form of government was made for a moral and religious people that would not work for any other. And the reason they took God and prayer out of our schools was because they knew our system would not work with a limited government if you did not have moral people. And they wanted to destroy the moral foundation of this country. And Aleister Crowley wanted to destroy the moral foundation of America and England. And his disciple, Alfred Kinsey, set out to destroy the moral fabric of our society. And then, of course, the Supreme Court, controlled by Masons from 1941 to 1971, took God and prayer out of our schools because they wanted to destroy the religious foundation of this nation and create a secular nation uh, that, of course, would eventually require a tyrant because we'll either be ruled by God or we'll be ruled by tyrants. That's what they want. These people want tyrannical rule. You'll rule by the Bible or you'll be ruled by bayonets. Which do you prefer, God or Satan? Well, our telephone number, of course, is 1-800-544-8927. If you're in a position to help Radio Liberty, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to read my book, Brotherhood of Darkness, or watch the DVD at our website, RadioLiberty.com. RadioLiberty.com, where you can listen to our programs, watch our DVDs, read our newsletters. But please pray for Radio Liberty for our provision and our protection. 1-800-544-8927. 